And good morning. Joining me now is our Master Gardener, Barb Lampson. It is 936, and it's been very, very, very wet, Barb, out there. I know I've got a little pond at the lawn over by the, the uh, lake house, Washington, and I haven't had to water things in a while. My rain barrels are overflowing, and I know people have had wet basements as well. Well, good morning, Karen. It's great to be here. And uh, this has kind of been a, a trying summer for gardeners. We had that uh, Super heat. cold. We had cold. Oh, yeah. And then we had that uh, 90 Super degree hot. to 100 degrees. So, And now we have the rain. One of the things I wanted to just touch on a little bit, Karen, before I start talking about gardening is children. You know, um, the master gardeners, we, we teach uh, uh, the gardening program in summer school, and that is such a joy. And every time I'm with kids, I think uh, I'm reminded how important they are, and they are our future. And so... Uh, well, I wanted to comment on that. The kids are the future because uh, the other night at the master gardening meeting, I was looking around, and most of them were older than me. So we need to get more people involved in gardening and the passion for it so we can yes. get more young master gardeners. Yes, and and I was reminded of when I was in... Uh, uh, college, how uh, I was studying a culture of people in Africa, a native tribe there, and when they would meet each other on the road, they would say in their language, so how are the children? And this was important because if the person would reply, the children are fine. If the children are doing fine, the whole village was doing fine. And I've kind of tried to uh, uh, take a look at things all my life uh, in that manner. So how are the children? All the children that are born uh, need to come into this world loved and supported and wanted. And it is our duty if they don't have what they need to provide that. So when I hear about 2,500 children that aren't doing well because they've been taken from their parents, my heart just breaks. We need to go and ask everybody and anybody you can think of, so how are the children? It is our responsibility to make sure that they're well. They are our future. They're our future leaders. They're our future. And this is something that this is what our country is founded on, is providing for those who need help. And Barb is, of course, an educator and used to work with very young children, special needs children, et cetera. So you certainly have a heart for them, too. I, I absolutely do. So I have to, I'll just, uh, my class, um, my, my students, which are made up of uh, uh, a mix of boys and girls, and um, they will be seventh and eighth graders next year. They were so thrilled when we went out to the garden to see that things had germinated and were growing. The excitement. And once again, I said, how many have a garden? None have a garden. And oh, no, how many none have, of them? How many oh. have uh, uh, somebody who gardens? And three of them did. Okay, probably so, grandmas or something. It, they were. They absolutely were. And it's just really exciting to... Uh, to work with them. They are so respectful and they're such great kids and they have such great questions. So now we start, uh, we're scouting, we'll start scouting for insects and we'll start measuring our plants and we'll start talking about uh, how much they grow each week and comparing that to previous weeks and so on. So uh, every child 
needs love and support and guidance and and anything you can do for a child if they're in your neighborhood or if you can volunteer in a program please do that it is so absolutely you know, you, worthwhile because you might be the only supportive adult in their life you never know yeah you you don't know and you can never get enough supportive adults in your life you know a woman came by the other night when it wasn't raining and she was uh, pushing a stroller and and I heard her say oh look the the lady is out working in her garden so they stopped and she had a one and one half year old I asked her little girl in the stroller and she had a little three-year-old and he was he had a bike that you just push with your feet and sure. riding alongside of her and then when I looked closer she had one of those little papoose things with a little baby it, with a baby it was a month old so I was talking to the little boy and he said I like your flowers and I said oh would you like a flower and he said oh yes so I went and picked one for him and the little girl who was a year and a half she stuck out her hand she wanted one too (laughs) so I said okay I'll go get you one too so then the mother said well we have to let the lady get back to her job now she's weeding (laughs) and uh, and so she said I'll carry the flowers but it was you know just such a joy to see uh, children at outside with her mom and this wonderful mom I mean absolutely has her hands full but she was just so uh, such a pleasant person to talk to but anyway my garden I have been talking to it because uh, I've had some unwelcome guests in my garden well mine have been weeds I'll tell you what this yes. weather has been bringing on the weeds like you wouldn't believe in fact I'm going to go on vacation in the near future. And so one of the things I looked and there were so many weeds. And I know you're going to watch my house when I'm yes, gone and yes. be over there. I'll talk to the plants. Yes. I'll tell them Karen's coming back. But there was just this mad of all these weeds. And I thought, I got to get these out of here before Barb sees it. Well, plus the <laughs> other thing is once they get bigger, they get tougher to remove too. So when That's they're right. little. So now when it's moist out there... Um, I was on the edge of the the, um, the driveway, so I wasn't in the patch because you don't want to be damping, no, no. Um, tramping down your, your wet soil because that compacts the soil. So I was on the edge picking as many of the little weeds as I can before they get to be a big mess, and then you get overwhelmed. That's exactly the way to do it, and take them out of your garden. and I put them in the garbage. And you put them in the garbage, especially if you think they're going to get weeds. Well, I was on the deck, and I was looking, and I thought, why are these great big lush beautiful ferns that are so healthy because they love all this rain why are they bending over and i followed the Uh deck so i wouldn't walk where it was wet and i went out and i found this vine in there and it was a vine that you hadn't planted i hadn't planted Uh and i hadn't seen it before and i looked in my book and it's bristly green briar now, At, bristly green briar, is it attractive? It is, actually. Oh, it is. It, but It, it, it is but. attractive. But here's the thing. It strangles things. It has two ways of growing. It has tendrils, which will hook onto things and pull itself along for support. Or it also will twist and twine. It will wrap itself around things. And I found that on these beautiful tall ferns, it had wrapped itself around right at the base of the fern and came right up. So I had to very carefully 
unwrap each one of these vines that was trying to struggle the fern. Now, it isn't that the fern won't come back. It definitely will. I could have cut it off, but right. I don't want that, that bare space there. So so I did my best and, and got them out. Then I found in my book there's, a, there's another type of greenbrier, and this one is called um, uh, Similax herbacea, and that one doesn't have the the stickers on the it. The burrs, because there's nothing worse than going through some weeds and getting your socks full of all those sticky burrs, and they hurt, and they're well, messy. And, and these, they have the bristles going all the way up on the vine. Oh. So, so they will wrap around your... If it's laying on the ground, they can they can get caught up and trip you. Ooh, and and okay. this one, this bristly greenbrier, that one has is a woody. It has a woody uh, uh, vine to it, uh, whereas the other one, um, it isn't uh, woody like that. So, be checking. And when you can get in and pull things out, get them out. I don't know how this got started. and how Birds flying. You know, that's the thing. A lot of things get spread by birds. You know, they do their, they eat and then they have to do their duty. And right. that's a big time. Otherwise, a lot of them, sometimes they blow on, on the wind, as we know, like dandelions sure, and things. But, sure. but those, you know, I'm not sure. Or, or did you walk through some briar patch and then have the same pants on you and because that could happen too you could yeah. walk with your socks and have just a few and not even know it and walk through another place and yeah. drop them off yeah. and, and you can do that with disease too true, true. so when you can get at it um uh, get after those weeds so i was kind of checking on the edge of my yard where the yard in the garden starts at the hostas looking underneath there to see if i had any if i could see any damage to slugs oh. well slugs actually come out at night yes but um, I, I looking at the leaves closer, I could see there was some chewing. Yes. Now, that is going to be a real problem. The slugs love, love moisture. Wet, oh. Yes, cool. Big leaves they go under. They hide oh. there. They're cool. And then at night they just shimmy up the up the leaf and they just eat and eat and eat. And eat. Just before we got all the big rains, Barb. I had told you that on Lake Washington, there was a can of beer floating and it was full. So I thought, I'm going to use this because we don't drink beer. I'm going to use this can of beer to get rid of my slugs because you can put them in a shallow bowl and you kind of bury it so it's even with the soil. And the slugs are attracted to the smell and they go in and they drown. So just before the big rains, I put a bunch of bowls all over in the, the hosta garden because I do have some slugs damage. And I thought, oh, this will be fun to see tomorrow morning. And then it rained and it rained and it rained. And so by the morning, all the... The beer that I'd put in there, of course, had been displaced by all the, the rainwater, so I, it didn't work for me. Yeah, but right. it has in the past when, when at my mom's place, I remember <laughs> they were embarrassed because we didn't drink, right. so she'd go to the store and buy. Uh, this beer is for slugs. We're really, it's for. <laughs> it was just really <laughs> funny, and so we did it. But it, you know that it worked. Right, right. Well, I actually shopped around and researched a little bit and um sluggo is I've a, used that too. That's a product that they eat and 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 it kills them. So And it's not harmful. It's uh, to, to other your pets things. and things. So yes. I thought, okay, here's the thing. I'm getting this because we're going to we're going to be sold out in town. I, Ooh, good point. I, I should do. You know, everybody's going out. to be after that. So you better get yours and get ready. And when it stops raining, then you put it down. You don't want it washing into the soil. And the other thing is, if you've never had problems with uh, 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 fungal things on your foliage... You probably will. You might, yeah. So you might want to check into that. 
And then um, one of the things I just prize in my garden are the delphinians. And most of them, I had them staked in such a way that I thought, you know, this is what I do every year, and and they don't bend over in the wind and that. But some of the smaller shoots that were coming up are bent over from the heavy the rains. Rain. Okay. Yeah, the heavy rains. And um, the same with uh, some of the bushier plants that I have, even peonies. They they just are bending over. So I had that with my hardy hibiscus as well, Barb, and also my, my salvia. So I have some of those plant, um, what do you call them, the rings where you can put them around and sure. to prop them up. Right. And, and that's what I've done. Or sometimes you can take like a string or something. To wrap. Yeah, yeah, but be careful with the string. True. That, you know, that's, that's a little bit more. Or you can use the um, bamboo poles. You can buy yes. them in different sizes, and then you can take them up when you're done. You can put them away and use them year after year, and and that'll help too. Um, if you're going to tie something up, um, there's several things. I mean, you use a piece of cloth because that's soft. But I've you, used nylons. Uh, nylon like, stockings, legs of nylons, yep. Yeah, they're really great. Or if you want to buy something, you can buy this new um, uh, product that's on the market that that um, it's like um, what is it when we have things that stick to velcro them? velcro yes. it's velcro for plants it's reusable and you can you can use that that's kind of handy because uh, you can cut it to the size you want you can rejoin it to the bigger piece when you get done with it so it but of course, you know, if you've got something you can use at home, uh, be sure and do that. Yeah. Earlier the year, remember I talked about my peony that was done and had started to get a little powdery mildew. Yes. And you suggested I should thin it, and I did that. I actually went in and I, I cut um, a bunch of them, uh, the the stalk, because it it was an old, it's an older, been there for a while, and that seems to have stopped my powdery mildew because. It wasn't getting, like you said, it needs the air circulation, right. and I pulled out all the ones. I could see some light, powdery stuff on it, and then additionally, I pulled more out just to make it so it sure. wasn't so bushy, and that seems to have helped. So You know, and, and this is the thing. A fungicide doesn't work on these fungal things no. after it started. Nope. Yeah, you can put it on before, and it will prevent it. So if you don't want to be doing using a fungicide, then be sure that you can increase the air circulation so that the air can pass through. And then the other thing, of course, is look underneath all these plants and make sure you don't have weeds. Weeds, I've decided, are as deceptive <laughs> as bugs are. Yes. They seem to go for plants that they sort of match up with. Yes. I... I I'm really surprised how when you get down in your hands and knees and you start looking under plants, you think, where did this come from? Yeah, That's this right. just matches in here just absolutely perfect. One of the things that is kind of a mystery to me is on the side of my garage, I bought a grass. Um, it's supposed to be an ornamental grass, and it didn't make it. But it, when it was for one season, it, it, it looked fine. And this year, I have something that has come up that doesn't look just like that, but is it ever invasive? So it must have been uh, the way it was bred, what it was bred to, so that I've got this very hardy something that's just uh, producing in the wet weather like crazy. Uh, you can see how the lakes get polluted because just one person doing the wrong thing and these things that get the right conditions, especially water for so many plants, and they just take over. Well, I had a conversation, speaking of lakes, with the Lesueur County person who was in charge of, of Lakeshore because I was wondering about possibly planting some things on the Lakeshore to 
uh, you know how if you just have grass, all the the pollutants and things can yeah. go right into the lake. And now with all the the water we've had, the lakes sure. are high and it's easier. So, um, actually in Lesueur County, there's there's regulations because that's where our our cabin is about if you're going to dig anything within a, a certain square foot amount, well, no matter what it is and no matter where it is, you have to, to call them and let them know for a land alteration process. So if you're going to take down a tree, you have to let them know. And uh, we're on a, what's called the bluff area, and you're not allowed to take down trees at all. And, you oh. know, you or you have to get permits for any of this. Sure. So she, we talked about that because I was not familiar with it, and I thought, well, I want to do the right thing because I see people clearing their hillsides to plant grass and we were talking about that and she says it's just crazy because what are you doing you are just basically making a pathway for pollutants and yeah so um she actually sent me a whole um list emailed me a whole list of native plants to plant and and how to create a rain garden and things like that and she even sent me a list of suppliers of native plants because i was talking about wanting to add some things by the shoreline and she says well if you do anything over a certain uh, amount of I don't know if it was ten square feet. It was it wasn't a very big amount, but any alteration you need sure. to get a permit to change that because they want to make sure that you're not harming the lake for right. everyone else. And I think a lot of people don't even think about that because like, well, uh, what's this little part going to do? But right. added together, it's like like uh, like you say with the earthworms, just dumping them out any place. I mean, a little bit does make a difference because these things multiply like crazy. Yeah, now we didn't mention earthworms on the air. Well, you and I talked about it before we got on air, but there was an article in today's Star Tribune about how earthworms are very invasive and they're non, non-native. non right. And there was an article in today's Star Tribune, Barb, that talked about how it's becoming a problem because it's changing the environment for uh, hardwood tree, hardwood forests. And um, they, they naturally, ha- they have a naturally loose soil with a thick layer of what's called duff. And I'd never heard that before, but it's a spongy organic layer created primarily by decomposed leaves. And they say those invading earthworms will eat off the duff and are capable of eliminating it completely. So while the large forest trees are surviving, the young seedlings are dying. So many, so as, as do many native wildflowers and ferns. And that lack of leaf litter in general makes the trees and plants more sensitive to drought. So you mentioned earthworms as, as people go out fishing this weekend. Uh, that's something, don't just throw them anywhere you just throw them in the garbage oh, oh exactly and and here's the thing you have to stop and think it's just not what one person's doing it's a habit it's what we've gotten used to doing and that's what's so harmful that's why it makes such a big impact the other thing i wanted to talk about just a little bit is that uh, with all the rain that we've had the rain comes and it leaches the nitrogen out of the soil and so I'm not big on adding a lot of nitrogen, but uh, this might be the time where you might want to get a water-soluble one. And when the soil uh, is so that you can get in there and and move about without compacting the soil, you might want to take a look at adding just uh, a weak solution so that the plant gets a little bit more nitrogen. And it, it, it phosphorus too. So the phosphorus usually doesn't move in the soil, but who knows with nine inches of rain, you know what the soil's doing now and a lot of times in the summer your container plants your flowers and containers will start to look kind of droopy and you say why don't they look so beautiful like the ones at the nursery or when i got them at the greenhouse well because you are they are being intensely watered a lot of that fertilizer the nitrogen has basically gone through the soil and out through the pot so they're living in with no food it's kind of like you starving yep and so they start to look bedraggled and you wonder why that's because you need to every week at least once a week give them a diluted 
a mixture of, of a soluble fertilizer. You know, and the other thing is, if you have a container, um, I was over to a garden tour on Monday night, and this lady was asking me why her green beans, all she got was they didn't uh, set flowers. They, oh. they weren't doing anything. They were just growing. And I said, well, what, what have you used uh, to pot them in? And she said, well, this is potting soil. Oh. Well, you know, potting soil is all pretty much artificial, and there's not really much of anything in there. It's to get them off and give, the, uh, <clears throat> give them a start. And then you put them in a good and a good combination of, of soil with lots of compost in it. And I said, are you fertilizing? And she said, yes, I am. And she had uh, a product that was 24% nitrogen and like uh, 3% phosphorus and then about 3% uh, uh, potash. And what she was doing was she was just growing leaves, leaves, leaves. And, and these green beans were just getting, you know. More uh, lush looking, but no beans. No beans, absolutely none. And being in that potting soil besides. So. Well, you should mention then, what, what what is a good solution? If people are going to buy something, what would you recommend? Obviously, the numbers, there's the NPK, the nitrogen, phosphorus, phosphorus and, and potassium. So. Um, and she had what you said a twenty four. Uh, it was twenty four three three, I believe. What yeah. would you recommend then for containers that you're trying to get veg or vegetables, and then also for flowers? Yeah, if if you just wanted to get something um, to uh, set flowers in that, the highest number would be the middle one, which middle is number. the phosphorus, okay. because that's for uh, to get the blooms and also uh, to get the fruit going for you, and uh, nitrogen. Uh, you, probably, unless you were growing corn uh, and maybe even cannas, which grow really tall and they use more nitrogen for that, they have very little blooms on them. But, and then the last um, number, which is potassium or potash, it's the same thing, uh, that's going to help the overall vigor of the plant. So that goes down to the root then and, and helps the microbes to... Uh, to balance out the soil, and you have these new roots that are coming all the time. But I would go very low normally on nitrogen. Now it's probably depleted in the soil. If I had, if I, if I thought everything else was equal, I would maybe go with a 10, 10, 10. Which is kind of a yeah. your generic yeah, product. Yeah, it, it's just a, a shot of everything, and just do that maybe at half strength. Water-soluble is really good because you could water it in, and, and you wouldn't have to disturb the soil when it's so wet, and com and you wouldn't compact it. Sure. So yeah. what what will you be doing this weekend? This weekend, I have to keep pruning. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the mock orange, I prune them uh, right after they got done blooming. I have to bring them back into their boundaries. They are just growing like crazy. Um, I have a grapevine that I use just for on an arbor. It is hanging down all over. It looks like, uh, 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 well, it just looks awful. It's so scraggly. Pruning, filling up the the pickup box and and going to Third Avenue to recycle things. It's just unbelievable. Even I have this uh, nine bark and I have a little devil, which is a shorter one. That thing has grown out of its bones. It is doing what genetically should be impossible, but with all the rain, it just it's just going off in all directions. So I'll be doing a lot of that. 
Yes, and, and watering, well, you can hold off a little bit, but once we start getting high temperatures again, things will dry out quickly. And I think people think, well, it's rained like nine inches, so that should give me nine weeks, right? An inch a week? No, it doesn't work like that. I am going to try and take some pictures, too. I always say this, and then I wait too long, but I really should get a few pictures of my delphiniums because they're with the uh, clematis they're looking absolutely great this combination mine just started blooming and you are the one who introduced me to delphiniums i never thought of them and i saw them in your yard and i thought i should do that and last year i planted my first one so beautiful i, d- I don't have the full size one because they get big and sometimes tip over i have one of the more dwarf varieties yes and then i bought two more and they're just getting started in my garden so i'm excited yes well it, you'll see it's like hostas um it, it, you can just get carried away with them, and because <laughs> oh dear. it's vertical, you think of that won't take much room. I can get one of those in there. Yeah, well, we'll see. You know me, and when there's a plant sale. Look out. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Barb. Always great Thank to you, tell Karen. you. All right. It is 10 o'clock, and you are listening to A Minnesota Morning on KMSU Radio 89.7 FM in Mankato and KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin. Online at KMSU.org. Broadcasting from the campus of Minnesota State University, Mankato. Big ideas and real world thinking. In news headlines, a man accused of posing as an Internal Revenue Service representative and tricking people into buying Target gift cards to pay off phony tax debts is facing federal charges in Minnesota. A criminal complaint filed in U.S. District Court in St. Paul accuses 27-year-old Yu Zhang of visiting at least 10 Target stores a day in the Twin Cities to redeem about $224,000 in credit cards beginning May 31st. And helicopters have rescued people stranded by flooding in Texas and Montana, including 140 children and counselors stuck in a mountain Bible camp for two days. Campers were lifted out Thursday after a road washed out in a three-day storm cut off the only exit. Severe storms that swept the Rockies and Midwest this week were in stark contrast to drought that's gripping the Southwest. And speaking of the weather in our area, it has affected a number of, of things, including... Uh, areas